皆様ご起立ください Konnichiwa! Hello, Olympics fans and lovers of Shuk Pastan, and welcome to Keep the Flame Alive, the podcast for fans of the Olympics and Paralympics. I am your host, Jill Jarris, joined as always by my lovely co host, Allison Brown. Allison, Konnichiwa! Konnichiwa! I realize today my sleep schedule is not optimum. See, if we had had more test events, I would have realized this. But I think we needed test events. That we're all together at the same time. Yeah, that's the that's the problem. But I think even with test events and that scheduling, so now I need to swap my. I need to go to bed earlier and get up earlier, and do、exactly. less catching up during the day. Exactly, because we had a lot of news about swimming finals being during our prime time, and what kind of a big deal that was because normally swimmers don't swim finals in the morning, and that's what they're doing in Japan. But then I. I have now realized that swimming is pretty much the only thing that happens during our prime time. It's all catch up from other stuff. And then it's kind of like you, you get to about 10 o'clock at night and you're like, there's nothing else on. And then you realize, well, maybe I should just go to bed now and wake up early. So I've been trying, I got up, I've gotten up at like six the last couple of days and I'd like to get up at like four or five. See, I was, get, I was staying up until like three or four and catching some of the 11 and one o'clock things, but those aren't really what I want to see. No, we need to see the end of the Japanese day because that's when you get your medals. <laughs> yes. So I, I'm, today is going to be a little swapping and confusing for myself. So, if I sound a little scattered tomorrow, I'm just putting the warning out. But on the same time, I do want to see prime time because prime time was interesting last night on NBC. We'll get to that when we get to sports.、Uh, and、uh, before we get to the action, we would like to remind you about our Kickstarter campaign. Surprisingly, we got media accreditations to cover the Winter Olympics in Beijing, less than 200 days away. And while it's super exciting to get to go, and we're, we are thrilled to be able to bring you on the ground coverage, which would, will make a much better podcast for you, the problem is that it's going to be expensive. And so we've started the Kickstarter campaign to help fund it. You can find, more out, find out more about it and check out our supporter bonuses. We're sending postcards from the Olympics. You can get、uh, our viewing guide. Your pet could be our mascot, and much, much more. Find out more at kickstarter.com slash profile slash flame alive pod. We're doing really well. I'm, I'm so thrilled. I'm, it's, it, it's very touching. We've gotten, we're about 17% of the way to our goal. So we've had a great start, but we need to keep up that momentum.、Uh, Fantasy League, how is s h o l a s t a n is killing it. And I found out because he joined our Facebook group. He's a、uh, Rowdy Gaines fan. So clearly he's、oh. a very smart person. Okay. Well, there you go. So he has a commanding lead with 324 points. Colibri is still in second with 143. So it's a huge differential. I have jumped ahead of Patrick from Green Bay, 110. And, but he's still right there on my tail with 96 points. Brackets has started. The fantasy brackets competition has started filling out. There's not a whole lot of action so far. I'm on top with 40 points. Lisa Brown's right behind me with 30 points. And then there are、uh, five people tied at 20. So get your brackets in. You can find out how to join at flamealifepod.com slash Tokyo. How did the weather affect today?、Uh, tennis match times are now pushed back to 3 p.m. starts. They had been kind of 
right in the middle of the day, tennis players were really complaining about the conditions and the heat and the humidity. So those uh, tennis matches are all tennis matches are now starting at 3 p.m. You know, I love a good Mara novella story. <laughs> I can't believe the Mara novella still goes on. It will still go on until the marathon is over. So uh, the soap opera that is the marathon and race walking events uh, continues in terms of the weather. Uh, daily temperatures on Hokkaido, where those competitions have been moved, they are unseasonably warm. And Sapporo is forecast to see days of 32 degrees Celsius or more almost all of the next seven days. It's cooler up in Hokkaido. Can't guarantee it. Should we have moved the marathon? Coatsy? Don't know. Anyway, moving on. Where is Marnie McBean? Marnie McBean had a beautiful tribute on Instagram uh, when she attended the rowing events for her gold medal partner, Kathleen Heddle, who died this year. So she had fun at rowing. She was also on the fan cam at rugby and soccer in Kashima. Ooh, very nice. So her volunteer driver she has a different one each day they got some mileage oh is kashima far out i think it is i think from row she said that two of her uh events yesterday were two hours apart Mm. i'm not sure which ones but she had some time in the car the officiating job i would like to have and i know the taekwondo competition is over but i'm still thinking about taekwondo officials because did you see any of the Taekwondo competition? I did not. Okay. So they are some of the officials who have very nice Tokyo 2020 ties. The men have neckties. And then the women have the the little, a band of fabric that goes kind of around the neck. Oh, sort of like the old Girl Scout ties where it would yes. cross in the middle? Yes, cross in the middle. And it's all this uh, red patterned uh, Tokyo 2020 fabric that I really like. But what I like about the Taekwondo officials is that they got a strong hand signal game going on because they are, (laughs) there was one female official who was just like, you stand there and you stand there. And she's pointing at the spot that they should stand and, and harshly pointing at the spot the other should stand. And there's a lot of like, I got to get in here and break you up. But again, another (laughs) job for mothers of toddlers. No, no. Actually, it was one where I could channel my own mother and just be like, I told you to get in that corner. So on the note of officials uniforms, I was watching swimming as as we do every day. And the most practical, impractical uniform is the officials who check to make sure that the swimmers touch the wall on the flip Mm -hmm. are wearing full suits. They were not before. I noticed this because I noticed their shirts. Because they had like the blue shirts and a uh, blue with a white ombre kind of thing uh, early in the competition. And then a couple of days later, I'm like, huh, they put blazers on. Right. And I'm thinking, what an impractical outfit when you are being splashed by pool water. Mm. Like this is the time for the ankle pants. Could, I mean, maybe they were being confused with volunteers or the, the, the production staff because I was really surprised that they went from kind of casual polo-ish type shirt to blazer, full on. Hmm. They need the Bermuda shorts. That's the more practical part of the outfit. All right. Big day today. 
not as big as the last couple of days. We were only down to 26 events today. So it, it felt, felt lighter. I have to say it did feel lighter. I felt like I caught my breath a little bit. <laughs> so 3x3 basketball tournament ended today. So good. I saw the women. I saw some of the women's game. I saw okay. the important part of the women ga- the women's game. Oh, okay, good. Um, I will say, okay, so I had on both the women's and the men's victory games. And I did hear the announcer who said, you put the round thing in the round thing. And even Ben was like, what did he just say? But he also said stuff like, you know, they're taking more shots, more shots than paparazzi. So, I mean, I think that's part of his stick, but that's not a good part of his patter anymore. Uh, but the women, USA beat ROC 18-15 for the gold and then China beat France 16-14 for the bronze. Uh, that that uh, women's game was scrappy. I mean, ROC was really fouling. Well, it seemed like the USA was dominating from the beginning. They got ahead, stayed ahead. So ROC got a little desperate is not the right word. You're in the gold medal match. But they were going for that style of we, we got to get in the, in the weeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... On the men's side, Latvia beat ROC at the end with with just like 26 seconds left on the clock. Uh, they won 21-18. And then Serbia beat Belgium for the bronze, 21-10. My Serbia. So, I know, but they were like gold medal favorites. I know. That was the thing. They had a surprise upset to uh, get put into the bronze medal match. So... This gold medal match was also super intense. Latvia was behind. They looked tiny compared to the ROC team. They really did. These giant guys. Then stuff just started happening. Uh, One of the ROC players' shoe literally fell apart. The sole came off the bottom. And he sat there on the side. He taped it up. He wrapped tape all around his shoe and went back out there. Then uh, Krumens from Latvia, he had like a big knee brace and he had his ankle all taped up. He jammed his ankle again and was limping and, and basically kind of crawled over to the side, taped it up and went back out there. And then near the end, he landed on it funny again and instantly he's like, oh, I got to get, you know, I can't play. But yet he gets more tape and starts taping it tighter like that's going to help. You don't go to the Olympics to be a wimp. You don't go to the Olympics to be a wuss. <laughs> the, the Australian equestrians constantly come back. Oh, man. So it was really exciting. Came down to the wire and Latvia just pulled out the victory. Uh a lot of fun, again, as I think is going to be the common theme. Too bad there were not very many fans there. Well, there are no fans there, but they, there were people in the stands. But it was a shame that there weren't many of them. It will be interesting to see with a new sport like 3x3 and surfing and, and skateboarding, how that affects their longer term viability. You know, because one of the things with 3x3, and, and when we talked to Dominic Jones about this, is the excitement, is the intensity, is that it's a great sport for fans to watch. It's easy to understand what's happening and there's a lot of action. And yet, if IOC members aren't seeing that this time in Tokyo, 
does the support for the sport drop? That's a good question. I wonder if they will be able to think beyond that because there were no fans there. And they're certainly trying with like lighting and music and they're, they're really trying to create an atmosphere and it's just, there's, there's nothing. I will say on the plus factor, you know, a three X three game is only 10 minutes long. So it is perfect for an Olympics when you want to dip in and dip out of multiple sports a day. Same with rugby sevens. Those games are so short and that's perfect. And that's, I think that's what the IOC really wants to, have shorter competitions that are fast and have a fast pace. Archery. On the archery range, it was early stage rounds for the men's and women's individual competitions. Two things I want to point out, because I did turn on archery on it. And the archery feed now shows heart rate data for the archers as they shoot. It is so cool to see what their heart rate's at. Oh, I hope they carry that over to biathlon. For Beijing. That would be cool if they did. That would be amazing if they did, because that would be interesting to watch. So that was one thing I really liked. I did see a Czech archer, and they have uh, like baseball caps for uh, as part of their kit, and the underside of the brim is that same fabric, the blue fabric from the opening ceremonies kit. I knew you would love that. I do love that. Now I got to go watch archery for somebody's hat. Uh, artistic gymnastics, men's all-around final was today, and gold went to uh, Japan's Hashimoto Daiki, silver went to China's Zhao Ruteng, and bronze went to ROC's Nikita Nagorni. This came down to the end. It did, and it was it was a great competition in the sense of every rotation, somebody else was in the lead. The leaderboard was swinging wildly. You really didn't know who was going to win until the end. It was not a great competition in the sense of there was a lot of not great performances. How so? Because I had the feed on while I was watching other stuff. So even Hashimoto had a shaky vault. You know, uh, Nagorni made mistakes. There was a lot of and, and I'll give John Roethlisberger, who is the commentator on the feed, um, credit for saying there was a lot of nickel and diming. Mm. Though he did complain about the scoring. He felt like, a, not that the results were inaccurate, but he was very unhappy with the scores. Interesting. That the judges were being inconsistent and harsh. And there was even an inquiry, Zhao uh, Ruteng, right at the end because they didn't understand why he got the score he got on high bar. Right. Because he, his start value was one thing. His ultimate score was another. And they were wondering, you know, the two things were not matching up. They didn't see what the judges had done. So it was a lot of a step, a little bit of a bobble. I mean, there weren't, yes, there were crashes. Of course there's crashes, but not in the, the very top competitors, but it wasn't a, it wasn't what you want to see in the all around. Mm. You know, you want to see the absolute best. And it was it was shaky. But man, that high bar at the end for Hashimoto was I'm excited. I am so excited for um, the high bar finals and the parallel bar finals. And it's great. You know, again, host nation winning a gold. The in a sport around, they love. Right. So on the women's side, the all around is going to happen without Simone Biles. She has withdrawn from competition. You have thoughts. 
I am very concerned about the language we are using around this because what's happening is something that gymnastics calls the twisties. And what that means is it's, it's similar to vertigo slash writer's block. Okay. If you can combine those two things. So what happens is for some reason, when you are tumbling, spinning, you lose your place. We, when we interviewed Laura Wilkinson on diving, she talked about this, that sometimes you lose your place in the air. And if you can imagine doing a triple flip with a triple twist and not knowing where you are, the physical danger of that is very, very high. Now, what causes it? Generally, it's going to be some kind of mental block. It's usually not a physical cause. Though occasionally you can have some form of vertigo, some inner ear, some other thing going on. It seems like for Simone, there's a mental block that is causing this. It's not exactly a mental health issue. Oh, okay. She's not having panic attacks. She's not having a, a depressive episode. Though that could trigger the physical symptoms that she's having. She's not withdrawing because like Naomi Osaka was having panic attacks mm -hmm. at the French open. She's withdrawing because something's happening mentally that is causing this physical danger. I understand it's a slight difference, but I feel like, you know, because this brings up what I brought up yesterday. If she's having panic attacks, what is she still doing on the floor? Why is she still doing press conferences? That's not what's happening. She's withdrawing because she can't perform safely. Now, why is that happening? I don't know. I also have a big problem with everybody saying the world has put pressure on her to be the best. Excuse me. Simone Biles wore that goat leotard. Simone Biles arranged for a seven-part docu-series about her journey. Oh, so, did she arrange that with Facebook? Yes, she did. That was not out of the blue. She films all these commercials. She went on Dancing with the Stars. She puts herself out there as the greatest of all time. And guess what? You put yourself out there and demand that title, which she has done, there's going to be pressure that comes with that. And people are going to expect things of you. I would counter somewhat with, does she do a lot of the stuff she's done with all the commercials because there is pressure from an agent, pressure from a manager to, you better take this job because your career is almost over. What will, you know, is there a plan after gymnastics for her? And she better make her her bank now. So I think there could be that kind of external pressure and probably just tons of, she probably doesn't even see all the requests. Uh, who knows how she interacts with her social media following. I, I don't follow her on social media, but you know that there's trolls. You know that there's a lot of demands on everything. And I, I see it when people write something they put out a tweet and they'll tag the famous person in hopes that the famous person sees it and pays attention to them. Right. I'm sure she gets like hundreds of those a day, if not Absolutely. more. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think, and, and social media is not the healthiest thing for anybody, to be quite honest. 
so maybe that helps as well. It doesn't help. I'm sure she's gotten pressure from USAG. She's probably gotten pressure from Team USA. She probably gets pressure from NBC. And all of this, and NBC's done nothing but build her up all year long. All we hear is Nastia. You know, again, we've talked about this before. The, the cameras focused on her all the time. And in a way, that does kind of build the pressure. Maybe she just hit a breaking point. Maybe during, because, and during trials, she had a good day one, had an off day two. And nobody quite knew what to do with that. And, and Nastia on the NBC commentary, again, they were still saying the goat, the goat, the goat. She did say that everybody has a bad day and we're just seeing Simone's bad day. But I wonder if that was the start of the breakdown. Yes, I would agree. And that's my, my biggest criticism of this whole situation is we know Simone had a very bad day one at Olympics. Mm-hmm. Her qualification was rough. She's had bad podium trainings. Her teammates seemed so caught off guard when she withdrew. And I think that was really unfair. If she was really going through it, she should have shared that with them. Yeah. And I don't know what did a switch. Or the coach should. like They should not have been shocked that she had to pull out. Because that put those girls in such a difficult position. And and we talked a little bit about yesterday. And they really did win the silver. Mm-hmm. You know, they held it together as best that they could. And put in, I mean, Jordan Childs didn't even know she was going to be on bars and beam. Right. And Grace Think McCallum more. didn't. Yeah, Grace McCallum didn't know she was going to do, be doing her floor routine. And they held it together. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe just a switch flipped and she and when she did that vault, she that was it. That was the straw that yeah. broke everything. And I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. And I don't know if we'll ever find out the full story. We forget, like, she's still young. She's still 24. And to be that famous and be one of the faces of the Olympics. And I think that's what she mentioned on one of the I think she mentioned it when she talked with Hoda. Because I did see Hoda talking. Well, there's been a, she's been doing a ton of press okay. the past 24 hours. So uh, maybe she's just relieved and just like, I don't have to do this anymore. You know, she yeah. didn't know she wanted to come back. She took time off. She came back. She was doing harder tricks. That felt good. But maybe all of the run up to the games and all of the commitments that she had to do or she chose to do was just too much. And she didn't know. And she's, in her 20s, early 20s. So you do stuff like that when you're in your 20s. You don't know your breaking point sometime. And you probably think you're invincible and you're the greatest of all time. So I'll work through this at some point. And yep. that point didn't come. Most importantly, and and for all my criticism of her, we do not deserve to know the whole story. If she chooses to share that, that's up to her. And I do hope she's okay. And I do hope Naomi Osaka, who also talked about the pressure, is okay. And clearly, we need to do a better job. And I say this so many times in so many circumstances, we are not protecting our athletes enough. Right. So Simone is out of the all around. It's a wait and see if she will do any of the apparatus finals. because Jade Carey is in. Jade, Jade Carey is in. I wouldn't be surprised if she just dropped out of the whole competition. 
I don't see how she can continue, given where she is. But who knows? Maybe she's going to have enough days off and feel better. Well, I hope somebody is taking very good care of her. I, I do, too. I hope she's being I hope she's got people to talk to that can try to help her through this. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, badminton is going on still. It's still group play. The double mixed doubles are moving on to quarterfinals. So if you're one of the people who like to tune in near the end, you're starting to get to a tune in time. But this might be a go back and watch it moment. One of the biggest upsets in Olympic history Japanese home favorite Kento Momota lost in the group stage. He lost to Korea's uh, Heo Kwang Hee. Match was over pretty quickly, uh, 21-15, 21-19. So one of the big expectations for Japan, not in the tournament anymore. Uh, baseball tournament started, and uh, first game was Japan versus Dominican Republic, and Japan won 4-3. Uh, basketball is still going on. Men played in the group last night. There's a still preliminary play for beach volleyball and boxing. Uh, and Canoe Slalom had uh, some heats going on. Uh, Luca Jones competed in the Canoe Slalom C1 heats, and she is in 11th place. The individual time trials for road cycling happened. Netherlands finally got their gold, and Mick Van Vluten won gold. Uh, Silver went to Marion Reusser from Switzerland, and Anna van, van der Bregen from Netherlands won the bronze. And Anna that's the same. The Dutch rider is the same one who thought she had won gold, yes, but actually won silver. So finally, good. <laughs> On the men's side, gold went to Slovenia's Primoz Roglic. Uh, Tom Dumoulin from Netherlands won silver, and bronze went to Australia's Rohan Dennis. And in the diving pool, uh, we had men's synchronized three-meter springboard. Uh, gold went to China, silver went to the USA, and bronze went to Germany. Equestrian, the individual dressage, uh, finished up its competition. Gold went to Germany's Jessica von Bredel-Werndel. Silver went to Germany's Isabel Wert. And Charlotte Dujardin from Great Britain won the bronze. So my two favorite horses got medals again. So Germany's oh. Isabel Wirth with Bella Rose and her recovery from injury and Charlotte Dujardin's pumpkin, who I think might be the smallest horse in the competition. It's this cute little sort of auburn colored, sweet little horse. I did that, not know I loved horses so much. <laughs> that is one I do want to go back and watch. I tried to catch up, but the sometimes the feed is hard to do because the, the feed is hard to fast forward through because you are constantly stopping for commercial breaks or I'm sorry, you're constantly stopping for Toyota commercial breaks. And as the games get further and further, I, we are filling in more of the backstory of Mike and Maya, Mike, who is got the broken leg and asks Maya to the school dance via a robot screen. You know, I, I I'm really getting to where I just want Maya to be like, no, Mike. <laughs> I'm not going to the dance with someone who can't even dance with your broken leg. <laughs> oh, and it's like middle school. So it brings up all these awful memories and it just keeps <laughs> going. And they just keep showing it to me. Stop well, mocking me, Toyota. Well, Ben doesn't think he really gets consent from her. I had, we had to go back and wait for another one to come up because 
He asked, like, I was wondering if you wanted to go to the school dance with me. And and it was kind of, and like, that's a question. But it, the other problem is no junior high person says school dance. I wonder if you want to go to the school dance with me. You just go to the dance, man. How many dances are in their town? Which I hadn't even thought about. <laughs> or they call it a name. Like every dance has a name. Right. And that's the Olympic Days dance. Because the sign is in the background. Anyway. And it would have a short, catchy name. Right. Right, because right? you always shorten it. We had we had a dance that was like the Spring Dogwood Festival, and everyone just called Dogwoods. So this would probably just be like, you want to go to Rings with me? There you go. Toyota, you're making me watch this commercial over and over again. We're going to get criticism for it. We'll have more on Mike and the saga of Mike and Maya tomorrow, I'm sure. <laughs> Fencing. Uh, men's team Saber happened yesterday. Korea won the gold, silver went to Italy, and Hungary took the bronze. Over to football, the competition has moved down to the knockout stage. On the men's side, it's Japan, Mexico, Korea, New Zealand, Spain, Egypt, Brazil, and Cote d'Ivoire. On the women's side, it's Great Britain, Canada, Japan, Netherlands, Brazil, Sweden, USA, and Australia. Uh, handball is still in group action. Hockey is still in pool action. And I'm really close to starting to tune into more of both of those and tune into hockey for the first time. Uh, judo, we had the women's 70 kil- uh, kilograms competition and the men's 90 kilograms. On the women's side, uh, Japan's Arai Chizuru won gold, Austria's uh, Michaela Polares won silver and bronzes went to Sana van Dijk from Netherlands and Medina Tamizova from ROC. Men, uh, jo- uh, Georgia's Lasha Bukhari won gold. Edward Triple from Germany won silver. Christian Toth from Hungary and De- uh, Daviat Bobanov from Uzbekistan won bronze. Rowing. I watched a lot of rowing yesterday. Did you watch rowing? I watched a little rowing. It, I I like sports I don't know, mm-hmm. but are simple in the sense of the one who crosses the line first. Exactly. And rowing with this, you know, it's very methodical in a sense. You have a tempo and you you the tempo may change a little as you speed up or lose your gas, but you've got that tempo and it's just it's very, I, I find it fun to watch. So we had uh, women's double skulls. Romania took the gold. Oh, commanding performance from Romania. They were phenomenal. Uh, New Zealand took silver and Netherlands got the bronze. In the men's double skulls, France won gold, just beating, like beating Netherlands by not that much because Netherlands was in control most of the race and they just lost it at the end. Uh, and then China got bronze in the women's four. Australia won gold, Netherlands silver, and Ireland got the bronze. It's so much fun when Ireland gets a medal because they get so excited. Our friends over at Olympopod, I'm sure, had a little celebration for that. Oh, I'm sure they did. Uh, on the men's four, Australia won gold, commanding. Uh, silver went to Romania, and Italy won the bronze. Now, that Australian victory is a big moment because uh, that was the first time in 20 years that Great Britain lost that race. So didn't even was... medal. No, no. Oh, and that was the one. No, that wasn't the one. 
there was one of the races, one of the men's four races. No, it was it was this one because they didn't even medal. They started going crooked and all got out of their lane, almost hit the Italian boat and got back on course. They just fell apart in this race. It was it was inter- like stuff I had never seen before. And uh, in the men's quadruple skulls, Netherlands won gold, Great Britain won silver, bronze went to Australia. And I think Italy was doing well in this race and they crabbed badly, which is they caught the oar in the water wrong and just the boat tipped. And they, it was really a rough race for them. But it was, it was like things I had never seen before. Happened. I wonder if that's if the water still isn't quite settled. Because it could remember, be a little choppy. Yeah, because from they had to postpone it. And what did the churn from the typhoon mm-hmm. do to things? I, that's a good question. It'd be interesting to hear. I should try to find some commentary. There's got to be commentary somewhere on that. And finally, women's quadruple skulls. China took the gold, Poland took silver, and Austria took bronze. You know, did you watch any of their victory ceremonies? I did not. Okay. They don't have the podiums. They go out onto a little floating platform, but there's, and they all are on the same level. It's a little strange and doesn't feel like a victory ceremony because they're all standing there. Are they still jumping in the water after? No, they didn't. Nobody jumped in the water. I wonder if it was too rough and they were they were told maybe don't jump in the water uh maybe i because i would think it's warm enough where they'd want to jump in the water but it's also seems kind of like they've got a ways to go to get the boat back and and maybe it's just not a great location for water jumping i'll I'll have to go back and look at the records but i feel like we are talking about a lot of dutch medals we yeah we are but i think they've been a powerhouse they're always a powerhouse in cycling. cycling And I think they're one of the big countries in rowing. Just feels like Netherlands is cleaning up this time. What was interesting to me was China having strong boats, because I do not think of China as a rowing country, but I'm not surprised that China has put money into a rowing program. But the rowing competition, fun to watch. Uh, We're getting towards the eights. So that's just, that's so much fun to watch. Rugby. Men's tournament is over, and our Fijis won again for Fiji, second gold in a row. The islands are celebrating like crazy. It was a really good match. So they beat uh, New Zealand 27-12 pretty handily, although the second half, the score was really cl- pretty close for rugby, and there was no score for most of that second half. It was definitely a much closer match than what Fiji uh, did to Great Britain in the gold medal match in Rio. So clearly the the other teams are starting to figure out what Fiji is doing. Mm-hmm. But I didn't care. Fiji won. I know. I was thrilled. They're, and they're under a different coach now. So Ben Ryan was only there for that quad, for the Rio quad. And I don't know what this new coach brings to the table and how, you know, his, his methods and methodology could be a little different. You know, most of the team is new players. So it, that whole building that team culture, but they had such a strong foundation that I think got laid and, and they know, they know how to get gold. They just know how to, they know what it takes to win in that competitive playing field. So congratulations. 
one of the the IOC member who gave them the medal was from Fiji. They were prepared. Yes. Last time it was Princess Anne, and and because I think they thought Great Britain was going to win, but nope. This time they knew. And now we're going to start the women's rugby tournament. Go Fijiana. Oh, I'm so excited to watch them play and see how they do. Over to the sailing venue, our Shuklastani's Stephanie Robel and Maggie Shea did uh, three more races. They placed 7th, 9th, and 16th in day two of competition. So they're halfway through the whole tournament. And uh, with six races to go, they are in eighth place. Swimming. More finals. So we had the women's 200 free, which uh, Ariane Titmus from Australia won again. They did flash over to her coach and mention him briefly, but I wish NBC would stop talking about that because it does give me the creeps. Uh, but she had a really good race. Silver went to Siobhan Bernadette Howley from Hong Kong, which was a surprise to me. And congratulations, Hong Kong is doing really well at these games. Yeah, it feels like we're talking about different countries, which is fantastic. I know, it's so exciting. And then Canada's Penny Alexiak won the bronze. Penny is now the most decorated summer Olympian from Canada, which... So pleased to see her do well these mm-hmm. games. She, I had seen an interview where she, um, and, and I apologize, I don't remember the reference, uh, talked about her struggles during COVID. And it sounded like she had a little bit of a rough mental road. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see her uh, succeeding and and getting that because man is she good she is good uh men's 200 meter butterfly gold went to christoph milak from hungary silver went to honda tomorrow from japan and bronze went to frederico uh, federico uh, berdiso from italy i have thoughts on this oh did you see this i did see this because uh did you see the end after uh christoph touched the wall and he turned around and stared blankly, like, I just had the worst race of my life. And over in the one of the far lanes, Tamara Honda is so excited to win the silver. He's, you know, bouncing up and down in the water and cheering for himself. And then you go back to Christoph, and he is just stone-faced. I have a feeling he was going for a world record and didn't get that, and maybe that was it. I, I think that's what they said that he was hoping for a world record because I didn't want to keep going back and see watching it, but it, it was disappointing. I don't know what the victory ceremony was like. Should I should go back and find that and see if he got a better attitude, but that just made me a little angry. Angry is kind of a strong word, but miffed off a little bit. Like how, how dare you, you have so much, you were born with incredible talent. You had the ability to, and the means to, go to swim lessons and find that talent and be able to travel around the world for it. And you won the pinnacle race of your sport and to look like you're pissed off about it is not cool, but happier news women's 200. I am. That was a fun race. (laughs) That one I did not see, but Japan's Ohashi Yui won gold and she is now the first Japanese woman in history to win two golds at the same summer Olympics which is so exciting for her 
Alex Walsh from the U.S. won silver, and Kate Douglas from the U.S. won bronze. Now, both Kate and Alex are from my neck of the woods. Oh, okay. And surprisingly, not getting as much press locally. Hmm. Which surprised me as Kieran Smith, and and I'm not going to call misogyny on this one. I'm just going to call stupidity. Okay. Because both girls are students at U- at the University of Virginia. Okay. And it seems like UVA has claimed them. Oh, that makes sense. So I think they're getting a lot of Virginia press. But what was really cute was just like for Lydia Jacoby the other day, where they showed her high school team and her high school student, they showed the UVA team. Oh, nice. And their watch party. And they just, they were all decked out. And one guy was sitting there before the race started and his leg was bouncing furiously. He was so nervous for them. So they had a little party and they, they've been friends for many, many years, these two girls. So it was just really nice. Yeah. Good race. Um, uh, The women's 1500 meter freestyle made its Olympic debut. Katie Ledecky from the U.S. won the gold. Erica Sullivan from U.S. won the silver. And Sarah Kohler from Germany won bronze. And that is a long race. I love how they show commercials during the race. Like, we're just going to keep showing it, but here's another Toyota commercial. We're checking in on Maya and Mike. (laughs) And they just, because it's a 15-minute race, and for a, a swim race, that's an eternity. Right. But man, was Katie Ledecky just such a gracious winner and so much emotion and so excited for her silver medalist. Yes. That was sharing that. Yes. And, and it was interesting because Katie also swam the 200 meter freestyle and there had been a little bit of talk over here about the number of races she was doing and her insane schedule. And she got a fifth, I believe in the 200 free. She just was not a factor at all in that race. And I was kind of worried And then didn't realize, oh, her big event is coming up later. Maybe this is a warm up. And what was really nice was this is a new distance for women. They've added this, you know, again, because there was concern. If you let women swim too long, something may happen to them. So this is the first time that this distance has been raced. And in her interview, Katie Ledecky made nice references to a lot of great distance swimmers who didn't get this opportunity. Oh, that is nice. And we closed out the swimming competition uh, finals-wise with the 4x200-meter freestyle relay for the men. And uh, Great Britain won the gold, ROC won silver, and Australia won bronze. Great Britain really looked good in this relay, and it it was. you have thoughts. Well, first of all, yet again, Team GB in the pool. Where is this coming from? What did they do in this past quad? I don't know, but good for them. It's yes. nice to see them do it's nice to see another country come into the mix. And man, you go back and watch these four guys post race interview. <laughs> these are guys I wanna have a pint with. And my daughter was really funny because she was watching this race with me and she was just like, Oh, I, I wanna date them all. I mean, they were just the sweetest kids and so excited. And I'm wondering if this is kind of like kids of Adam Patey, you know, like his mm-hmm. success has spawned this second generation of, of GB that swimmers. Could that could be. Uh, so, and then swimming, there were more heats. So we will have more finals tomorrow. Table tennis, 
We are getting to the quarterfinals for the men's and women's singles. So now if you want to start, it's now time to start tuning into the action and it's going to be intense. Uh, same with standard tennis. You're getting to the semifinals for women's singles and women's doubles. So if you're a tennis fan, start tuning into that. Oh, in water polo, Hungary surprised the U.S. with a 10-9 victory on the women's side, which was interesting. I may go back and watch that. I mean, the U.S. is a incredibly strong team, but everybody can lose. And then finally, in weightlifting, the men's 73 kilograms went off, and uh, China's Xi Jiang won gold. Uh, Venezuela's Julio Ruben Mayor Pernia won silver, and Indonesia's Ramat Erwin Abdullah won bronze. So I tried to watch some weightlifting yesterday, mm -hmm. and it hurts me to watch. Where does it hurt you? My knees. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They bend down. They get down real low. I don't mind the screaming. I don't mind. But man. And then there's that little part of me that worries when I watch weightlifting that it's that it's not clean. Oh, that bit, yeah. And yeah, we're going to get this whole wiped out. But as we mentioned earlier, we have not heard any doping news so far. Now that I said it, we're going to jinx it, but fingers crossed. Uh, okay, Shuklistan watch. Shuklistan watch. So Luca Jones, as we mentioned earlier, is back in the boat in the canoe for C1. Connor Fields will start his preliminary runs at BMX. And Kelly Clace and Sarah Sponsel are back on the beach against Kenya's Makoka and Katambe. Uh, that's actually, if you're in the East Coast, it will air Wednesday evening, like eight or nine o'clock. Oh, okay. Because they have a, a morning match. Correct. They have a pretty early morning match. Okay. Excellent. Uh, as always, you can email us at flamealivepod at gmail.com or text or voicemail us at 208-352-6348. That is 208-FLAMEIT. We love to hear from you. Please don't forget our Kickstarter and help us reach the goal of bringing you the most fun on-the-ground coverage from Beijing. That's kickstarter.com slash profile slash flamealivepod. And as we go out to music by Mercury Sunset, we will say sayonara to day six. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And until tomorrow, keep the flame alive. <laughs>